Hey, welcome back. Thanks for joining us again in another episode of Tish Talks. I am Tish Griffin, your host. I am an elite financial guru coming to you with the ins and outs, the ups and downs, the highs and lows of credit, money management, and sharing tips of achieving a debt-free life and building financial wealth. We've got some guests that focus on mental health awareness, as well as your finances and how you can build a legacy. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. Hey, it's Tish Griffin. Welcome back to Tish Talks. And today I have a very important guest someone that everyone needs to know about. And I say this because the topic that she focuses on is something that everyone needs. And I have with me attorney Polara Smith-Henderson. And she, Henderson Smith Law, and I am just really excited to talk to her. And again, I'm going to say this again. We're going to give this to you at the end. Her website, Henderson smith law.com. I come across so many people that ask about family planning, estate planning, what are wills. And so that's what we're going to focus on because we need this information out there. So again, I have with me attorney Polara Smith-Henderson. Polara, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Tess. It's nice to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you. I mean, I know you've been focusing on families for years. And just to give this aspect of it, I think it's very important for all of us to know. So thank you. Uh, Yeah, so you are more than welcome. This is my area. So I am more than happy to, um, yeah, give any little bit of knowledge that I can. I hope that this helps somebody, at least one little piece of it. Yes, I do as well. So that's why we want to put this information out here. I've got so many questions that I come across in the financial services world, even as a loan officer, um, realtor, people that are looking at financial planning. And this is what I hear all the time. You ready for it? Yes. Polara, why do I need a will? Like, why do you think I need a will? Can't I just write it on a piece of paper, lock it in a closet, put it on the shelf, and then my family knows when something happens, they just pull that piece of paper out? Um, so you can write something on a piece of paper and put it in the closet, but that is not considered a will, and it will not be valid. And so um, I would say you don't want to necessarily do that. You know, um, wills are very important. And, you know, the overall reason that you need a will is because it allows you to decide, you know, upon your death, you know, who will care for your child or your disabled adult child? Um, where do your assets, all the things that you have built and collected and developed throughout your lifetime, where does it go? Who gets those things? What should happen to those things? You know, you want to make sure that there is a plan in place because at our death, it's a transition and a change, Right. And for those that you love and those that are really important in your life, what do you want that change? What do you want that transition to look like? And so you have an opportunity to put those things in place to make sure um, that it's the best outcome that it can be and not chaos and craziness. 
And so I know a lot of people think that, yeah, I can just write things down on a letter or I can just tell somebody. And as long as I've signed it and notarized it, then that makes it valid. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. that does not make it valid. Um, a notary simply says that this is a valid signature. It looks at your driver's license and said, yes, this is Polara Henderson Smith and she signed this document in front of me. So this is a valid um, signature, but it does not give any other weight outside of that. And so simply having a document notarized does not make it a valid will. Wow. Now that in itself is important because I swear growing up in a Black household, my family just felt like anything that was notarized, that meant it was God. You know, mm-hmm. that was it. That was legal. But yeah. like you're saying, just that notary doesn't help. No. It's on a piece of paper. But I guess people and families, they go back and forth a lot of times. You mentioned chaos, and I do see that a lot. Like I come across families where um, the mother passes, the children are leave, living in the home, things that they should take it, the other thinks it's theirs, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of you know, pull back and forth. Um, in that instance, like, I've also heard where these, um, the wishes and everything, everything, the home, the property, all of that ends up in uh, probate or a state court or, or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. I hear that from time to time. What is that exactly? What happens when there's no will there? So the funny thing is that whether you make a plan yourself, right, in your will, and you determine where everything should go, who you want to nominate to take care of your, your children, um, whether you do that or not, there is a plan, right? So either you can um, be active in your plan, or every state has a plan. And so every state has a plan based on the statutes and the laws of that state. When someone dies and they don't have a will in place, we call that intestate. And so you look at the laws of the state and the laws of the state will then determine who gets what and how they get it, right? And so it could be completely different from what your wishes are, but that's what that is. So part of um, the whole process, the court process that a lot of people don't quite understand all the time is probate. Probate is basically validating if you have a will, it would say this is a valid will and then I'm gonna follow these wishes that you have decided. If you don't have a will, then we're going to follow the laws of the state. We're going to determine who are your heirs. Um, Make sure all these people get notified. Who are the creditors? Let's make sure all the creditors get notified. And then we are going to uh, distribute your assets based on the laws of the state. Now, probate is just kind of the, the overall management of all of that. And it's an oversight. Um, by the court system, basically. And so the court will then determine whose set of rules am I following? Am I following yours or am I following the the statutes? Wow. Okay, that's some good information right there too. And like the one thing that people say, well, I don't need to do a will. I don't really have that much. You know, it's going to cost money. Um, is a will just about money? Does it say like what happens with my bank accounts or what what is the will about? So it's not just about money. So it's it's not, and this is only my assets and what's going to happen. So like I said, if you have a, a minor child, if you have a disabled adult child that would need a, a guardian, um, within a will, you are able to nominate that person that you would want to take care of 
of your your child. And so it could be a guardian of the person, meaning the everyday care of the, the child. Um, so making sure that they eat, making sure they have shelter, making sure they get an education, all those things. But then it's also the guardian of the their finances, their assets, right? So making sure that whatever money that there is, that it's managed properly for their, their benefit. Um, and so that's a really important piece um, of a will. And you can only nominate a guardian in the will. The will is also there, like I said, for you to determine where you would want your, your assets and things to go. So what are the physical things that you have, your tangible things like the, the furniture in your home, um, the, your collections that you, you know, the things you've collected over your lifetime, all those things. Is it something special that you want to happen to those things? You know, family photos, um, a wedding dress, mm -hmm. wedding rings, those types of things. Any, anything that's, that, um, that you can feel and hold in your hand, those tangible items, where do you want those items to go? You can decide that. Um, in a will, then you can also decide, you know, your intangible things, different accounts and things. And then we, when we think about that, we think about, you know, your, um, you, you are thinking more like money and things like that. So where would you want those things to go? Is there an organization that means a lot to you and you want to make, you know, that you want to give a, a gift to an organization? Are there individuals that you want to make sure that you are leaving gifts for? But you get to determine all of those things within your will. Um, and so it's not just, I don't have a dollar, right? <clears throat> or I only have a dollar. You Don't you wanna decide what happens to that dollar? Or you just want it to, <laughs> I mean, you know, most of us, <laughs> we go to work, right? And we work hard for the things that we have. And, you know, we do want them to, to make a difference and, and to benefit someone beyond ourselves. And you're able to do that with the, with the will. Wow. Um, and like, I talk to you all the time. I've been looking at this, thinking about this a little scared because no one wants to think about, you know, the end for them or, or death. But when we die, when we leave, we leave behind something, whether mm -hmm. it's family or friends or neighbors, like our presence is no longer here. So what does happen to our stuff? So it, it's good to think about that. And even before that, we get to that point of death or we're near death or something happens. I even noticed like even on your paperwork that you have on your website at hendersonsmithlaw.com, one of the things that you ask about is, okay, um, what do you want to happen at the end of your life as well? Like, um, do you want to give someone else power of attorney uh, for your health care, for your finances, you know? Mm -hmm. I noticed like on the end of life treatment, you know, that's, is that also part of the will? I mean, I know it's there, not there just to make the paperwork look pretty, but you know, is that part so of the will? It's not part of a will, but it is part of your overall estate plan. So nice. a lot of times people do kind of just compartmentalize and think, okay, I just need a will and I have a will, then, and then life is good. But it's not just about having a will. A will is what we consider a death document. And so, yes, you, you put it into place now while you are alive and you make decisions now while you are alive, but it does not take effect until your death. And it's at your death then that the will comes into play. Um, within that will, you've named an executor and your executor is sort of like the manager of your estate at your death, right? And then that person is the person that's gonna make sure that 
people get the distributions that they're supposed to get, that um, bills that need to be paid, all those things are paid. That That's just the component of the will. But an actual overall complete estate plan looks at your life while you are alive as well. So for most of us, there will come a point where we have some type of incapacity that we are not able to make decisions for ourselves, right? Is that a, a mental incapacity? Maybe there's dementia, maybe there's Alzheimer's, um, or maybe it's a physical incapacity, maybe there's a car accident. And so you're not able to make decisions for yourself. You need documents in place so that if that happens, your everyday affairs can still be taken care of the way that you would want them taken care of. And so powers of attorney are the documents that should be executed in order to do that. So a power of attorney for property does exactly what it sounds like. It takes care of all of your property. So that's your tangibles and your intangibles. And sometimes people don't think outside of when you hear property, you think it must be real property or it must be money sitting in the bank. It's not necessarily that, just that. It could be as simple as signing a contract on your behalf. It could be paying your bills on your behalf, buying groceries, all of those things. That's all of your property. And is there someone in place to make sure that all those things carry on. If you're in a car accident and you're in the hospital for a few weeks, you want to make sure that once you get out of the hospital that you have some place to come home to, right? So has your rent been paid or has your mortgage been paid? Um, have your utilities been paid? If you have, you know, um, people that are at home dependent on you, can they go buy groceries? All those things are things that could be taken care of with the power of attorney for property. And then the power of attorney for healthcare, again, is exactly like it sounds. What are the healthcare decisions that you want made for your life, your benefit? What quality of life do you want if, um, if you're not able to make your healthcare decisions? Um, mm -hmm. Are there treatments you would want or not want? Are there second opinions you would want, um, you know? It's quantity of life was more important to you, meaning try every procedure, every thing that they offer to keep me alive, or, you know, or is that not a priority to you? Instead, you want to say, you know, is this benefiting me? If it's not benefiting me, then let me go peacefully, right? So, but you get to determine all of those things, and the way that you determine those things is with powers of attorney, and so basically, you are appointing someone to step into your shoes to basically be you when you're not able to make those decisions for yourself, but they are making the decisions based off of the guidance that you have given them with the documents that you've had executed. Wow. And this is something, this is powerful information. It's not just about a will that we hear about all the time. You say overall estate planning, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's awesome. I mean, this is something I would think that we would want to do as young as possible, too. You know, not just wait till we're in our, you know, 60s and 70s to think about this, but, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s. Like, we need to start making sure that we have this in place. You know? Exactly. Exactly. You do. Yeah, you, you definitely you need all of these documents a whole lot sooner than what most people think of. Um, when you have a child that's going off to college. I love to give this example because most people don't really think about this, right? You have a child that's going off to college. The college sees that child as an adult. 
we see them as our child. <laughs> and so yes. we think that we should have access to all the information that we still want access to, but we do not. They are looked at at that point as an adult. So that means you can't call the college and get information about their accounts. That means wow. if they are in the hospital, you can't make decisions for them. You can't get information about them because they haven't given you that consent and authority. They are adults. The only way you have just complete access to those things is if that child has signed the power of attorney and given you that right. Wow. Girl, you know I'm going to get you this power of attorney going for all of my kids. Like <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but you're right because I still see them as my babies, but they're adults. They are know? adults. They are adults. So yeah, I don't have any decision-making abilities right now unless they give it to me. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. And that's sometimes the, the first taste of that, you know, that we get, especially as parents, when you call up the university and try to get information. Then they say, I'm sorry, I cannot give you that information. And you're like, excuse me, but I'm paying the bill. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That makes so much sense. All right. So we're going to sit down you and I later. We're going to hash this out. (laughs) But I think a lot of people think about, you know, estate planning, wills, you know, life insurance and the only thing that comes to their mind is okay well who's my beneficiary you know mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. am i your beneficiary so how do you go about picking that what happens if you want to change it is it possible to change your beneficiaries yeah it's absolutely possible to change your beneficiary so within your your um your estate planning documents so within your will or your your trust and things like that most of them are um They are revocable and they are amendable. Revocable meaning that you can completely cancel it whenever you want and say this no longer is in effect, um, no longer has authority, or you can go in and make whatever different types of changes that you you want to make. That's um, the amendment portion of it. Um, But a, a lot of times when you're thinking about beneficiaries, you are thinking more so along the lines like your insurance policies or your... Um, and so with, with that, you would simply contact the institution or the organization and request a, a form and that form on that form, then you are able to change whomever your beneficiary is. And it's really important that you stay up to date with the beneficiaries because that is considered a contract between you and whatever that company is. And so upon your death, um, that company is going to pay out to whomever it is that you have listed, right? And so it doesn't matter if you haven't updated it. So a lot of times people get their first insurance policies um, right out of high school or right out of college when you get your first job. You don't normally have a family at that point. And so a lot of times you'll put down your parents as your beneficiary. You might put down a sibling as your beneficiary. You might even put down a girlfriend or boyfriend as your beneficiary. And you still have that policy 20 years later, but you've never (laughs) changed it, right? But life has changed in that 20 years. (laughs) So at this point, maybe you do have some children. Maybe you do have a spouse, um, but you haven't changed that policy. And at your death, the company is going to look and say, who do you have listed? If it's your mom or your dad, guess what? They get a check. If it's your ex-girlfriend, ex-boyfriend, guess what? they get a check. 
not your not your children spouse. not your current <laughs> spouse not too happy about that huh <laughs> yeah yeah so it's really important that you stay up to date with those documents and a lot of times people just don't think about it they don't just don't think to go back but yeah but that's contractual and so it has nothing to do with what your current wishes are if you haven't changed it and it has nothing to do with what you have put into your will either your will does not trump that contract between you and the organization and i know that's hard for a lot of people to get because they'll say but i said in my will this is what i wanted it doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't matter so <laughs> that said it and forget it doesn't work for everything huh? <laughs> no it does not it doesn't work with your estate planning at all i mean i always recommend that you even though these documents can last forever you want to revisit these documents at least every five years ten years you know or if there's something significant happening in your life as well did you get married did you get divorced did you have more children did somebody that you named you know maybe the person you named as the guardian has passed away or moved away or they've had some big life change and you no longer want them um so you want to make sure that you're looking at the documents making sure that they are actually an expression of your wishes at the time um, and not something that you did, yeah, 20 years ago and said, let's do it and forget it. And now it, it just doesn't work anymore. Right. You're like, I don't even like them anymore. So why did I do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> About the trustees and it being someone that's going to actually work on your behalf. Mm-hmm. How do you pick a trustee? What do you look for? What do you recommend? So when you are looking for um, anyone that you're going to name, so when you're looking for an executor, when you're looking for a trustee, if you're looking for an agent, um, you want to pick someone first, somebody that you trust, right? That's going to be a really key piece because you're giving them a lot of authority and a lot of power. And if you're choosing someone that you have to question, then that's already a big red flag, okay? So you want to choose someone that you can trust. You want to choose someone that has enough know-how to know within themselves, okay, if this is not something that I am capable of doing on my own, then I know where to go to get the appropriate assistance that I need, right? Do I need to hire an attorney? Do I need to hire an accountant? Do I need to hire a a financial advisor? Um, So you want to make sure that that person that you're you're putting in place, that they um, are knowledgeable, right? Enough that they have the time to dedicate to this that, that needs to um, be put into making sure the management of things are, are proper. Um, but then that they also know how to build a team around themselves in order to make sure that things are carried out diligently, proficiently, professionally, um, the way that you would want them handled. Wow. So it doesn't even have to be like a family member or anything like that. No, it does not have to be a family member. And so that's a misconception too. A lot of times people feel like they have to write, um, write in their spouses. They have to do their, their children and it has to be in the hierarchical weather, the, um, the way that, you know, whoever is the, the oldest. And so, mm-hmm. um, and so it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that at all. There are, Lots of organizations, trust organizations, um, and financial organizations that will act as an executor, that will act as a, a trustee. And sometimes those organizations are better, those third parties, because they are very neutral, right? And so 
you know that they are going to be able to follow your guidance to the T without having emotions come into play and and favoritism and those types of things. Yes, because I've heard some stories. So I think even just having a a neutral third party step in for that is so definitely appreciate you sharing that. Absolutely. I, again, I want to thank you so much for coming on and I really would love to have you back and even going over some of these horror stories that I've heard so that we can get some more information out to people so that they know what not to do, what to steer away from, whether something sounds okay or if it sounds fishy. Um, I would really love for you to come back and share with us again. And I would absolutely love that. Yeah, sometimes I think going through a scenario um, is a lot more personal to people, right? It's a lot easier to relate. I know that mm-hmm. estate planning can become, um, can seem overwhelming, right? It can become a little bit daunting to think about, um, but it is one of these things that it's inevitable. Um, we are all at some point going to say goodbye, right? Yes. <laughs> so yes. um, it is really important to to put something in place. And so I'd, I'd love to come back and yeah, in whatever capacity and talk about whatever you like. Thank you. And for our listeners, I would love for you to share how they can actually reach out to you to get some more information or even to get started with estate planning. Yeah, so the uh, easy way you have set my website and that is a perfect way um, to reach out to me. You'll have access to um, email as well as um telephone number on there and you can also just go directly to my calendar and schedule a free consultation free 30-minute consultation so my website is www.hendersonsmithlaw.com and did you say free i did say free free 30-minute consultation yes yes i love saving money so free works for me okay So it's a great opportunity just to, yeah, to get all your questions answered. And a lot of times people just want to know what the different documents are and what they do or, you know, or sometimes I get, I have no idea where to start. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, hopefully some people will take advantage of that and reach out to you. I will have her information available to you here as well. Again, hendersonsmithlaw.com. Thank you again, Polara, for being on the show and We will see you next episode. Sounds good. Thank you, Tish. My pleasure. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.